Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. If you're here because you want to create a home you love without breaking the bank or having to move to some imaginary out-of-reach dream home, I've got good news for you. And if you're here because you want a beautiful home, but you don't think you have the creative chops to make it happen, I'm going to change your mind about how you think of yourself. And if you're here because you've already invested a bunch of money in stuff and inherited stuff along the way, and you don't know how to make it all work together, this is also the right place for you. I'm Zandra, host of the Style Matters podcast, and for six years, we've been interviewing the best designers in the business, not about trends or quick fixes or secret decorating tips, but about how to train your eye and practice actual skills and offer new ways to think about the meaning of home. Welcome to my slow style approach to creating your dream home. Later in the show, I'll share the first step you can take for free to get you started. But right now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Now, this woman is the perfect example of someone who has taught herself how to train her eye and create a signature style. Ariane Bethay is the owner of an antique shop called Dressing Rooms Interiors in Charlotte, North Carolina, which has been getting a lot of attention from interior designers and magazines lately. And her home is just as compelling as the shopping experience that she's created. In fact, the way she so thoughtfully brings disparate objects together in beautiful ways is one of the reasons why she started offering in-person design services in addition to curating her shop. In this conversation, we talk about her use of color, her collections, and how, in the case of one client, she applied her maximalist style to a minimalist's home. Let's go. Here's Ariane. Ariane Bethay, welcome to the Style Matters podcast. 
Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. I love talking with people who collect antiques and vintage and then sell it for a living because there's a little part of me that wishes I was in your shoes. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to, before we talk about your shop, which, you know, has become very well known and getting rave reviews in all kinds of design magazines, I want to talk a little bit about you first. And, um, I've, I've read that your mom was this huge influence on you. I think both in terms of your style and I'm guessing your whole approach to life. So uh, I want you to tell us a little bit about her and the home you grew up in. And I'm particularly interested to know what what's your favorite memory of a room in your home your childhood home great um so yes you are correct uh, my mom was a big influence um <laughs> on my my uh, style and and everything and so um i would say my mom was like a renaissance woman she was from a small town in pennsylvania and she was uh known for being very fashionable and so she mm. was really into fashion and dance. So she was a dancer and oh. she really wanted to pursue that. But at that time, that kind of profession wasn't really looked as something that you could pursue. So like my mom, my, you know, my grandmother was like, you know, you need a job with benefits and uh-huh, sort of thing. Yep. And so um, that was more like seen as a hobby, but she loved to dance and model and she loved clothes. And so, um, that spilled over into the home eventually. She was very much a DIYer. So, okay. uh, which that wasn't a thing, uh, a term at the time, but she would, um, uh, refinish our floors and we lived in an apartment and, in in Washington, D.C. And so I would be like, why are you doing this? Mom's just an apartment. She was like, you, you just have to make where you live beautiful. Like it doesn't oh. matter. Oh, I love it. And so that always like stuck with me. And so, um, you know, she would come home from work and she'd be, you know, recovering seats and she <laughs> would be contacting, uh, put using contact paper to cover the cabinets in the kitchen. I mean, she was right. always doing something. And so um, I took that with me uh, through college and my subsequent apartments. And I was always painting a room in my apartment and doing things because I was like, you got to love where you live and it doesn't That's matter. Right. And so I always took that kind of philosophy with me. Now, when you guys left apartments, did she have to, you know, redo or take down the stuff that she had done or did her landlords appreciate her upgrades? Well, there was a couple of things. So um, one, my mom stayed in an apartment for like 20 plus years. Like she's, we never moved. It was, oh, okay. Yeah. So she didn't move. So it was really like her apartment. Um, And then like every three to four years, she would have the apartment repainted, you know, white. Yeah. Yeah. um, So that it stayed fresh. And she would always have our, you know, carpets cleaned professionally and the sofa cleaned um, professionally. And I'm like, why are you doing, you know, like to me, it was like, why are you doing all these things? And she used, uh, you know, not to like, this is not an advertisement, but she used Stanley steamers. And I always remember because we lived like on the second floor and they would have to put the hose through the window (laughs) to get to the sofa. And and it was like crazy. And I'm like, why are you doing all of this? This doesn't make any sense. But um, I get it now. But at the time, it seemed crazy. Of course, you didn't understand it then, right? We never understand what our parents are doing when we're kids. Um, But that's great. That's great. Um, So I saw a video tour of your home from House Beautiful. And you talked about almost always choosing the wall color before doing much of anything else. And 
so interesting. I, I love how all of the colors flow from one room to another in your home. There is so much harmony there. How did you know you were on the right track with each color you chose? I mean, so many people are afraid of making a commitment to color and yours are bold. So, I mean, do you, do you just go for what you love? Like, how do you do that? Um, I just go for what I love. So the first, cause to me, for me, color evokes an emotion. And so yeah. I knew, and that's one thing I ask clients, like the first thing I ask them, you know, when we're picking colors, uh, or, or, you know, looking to design a space and how do you want the room to feel? Cause to me, that's what a wall color can do or a wallpaper mm-hmm. or whatever. It's, it'll dictate your feeling when you walk into a room. And so, um, I know a lot of designers don't use color, you know, wall color first. It's probably like one of the last things they, you know, they pick up, you know, a rug and then they pull that or a painting or something. But um, for me, it's always the wall color. And I also like my rooms to, for me, like, I'm like, I have multiple person, not multiple personalities. I'm not crazy, but like, you know, there's multiple sides of me, you know, like I can appreciate a, a space that is all flows, you know, like all the wall colors are kind of the same. They flow into each room. I can appreciate that. But for me, I like different types of styles and I like different color palettes. And so I want to be able to express that in my home. So I like each room to have its own personality. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably a couple of things. One, you have uh, trained your eye, you know, over years. And also you really know what you love. And and I've been thinking about that a lot lately with um, people that I work with and, uh, you know, saying to them, you've really got to know yourself and commit, commit to it. You know, I I, I get a lot of people afraid to do a wall color because they'll say something like, well, what if I'm bored with it in a a year? What do you say to someone who, who's worried about being bored with it? So I have, I get that a lot. Like, oh, let's just, I'm just going to paint this one wall. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) Like commit to the color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like go all the way in. And and it's usually this those are usually the people that will love a room that is all in one color, right. but they are scared to do it themselves. And I and I have to say, you know, if it's a room, particularly a dining room or, or a, a room that's not, you know, have vaulted ceilings or anything that you're painting, I'm like, it's just wall color. Like you can right, just repaint right. it. it. You know, if it's a small room, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. we're talking about the whole house, it's a little that's a different discussion. But like if you're just talking about one room, I'm like, commit to the color. Yeah, like I agree, I agree completely. Yeah. You want to be enveloped by it. Yes, and usually when they see something in a in a magazine or whatever they're showing you on Pinterest, it's a room with this really is full of color, and I'm like uh-huh. they they commit it, uh-huh. or 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 they realize like it might be a client that you come in and they're like, well, the room is just not cohesive. It doesn't feel like and and I'm like you didn't commit to anything. Mm. It, oh, that's it, interesting. It yeah. looks like it you were afraid. Cohesive. Yeah, it looks like you were afraid to make a commitment. And so you played it safe. And so that's why it's not giving, you don't have that oomph because you have not committed to any, yeah. to, to any direction. I like, I really like that perspective. Yes, I, I totally agree. And, and I also think that, you know, I'll say to them, well, how long have you been living with beige walls? Aren't you bored with those? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it feels know? safe. Like, let's not, let's not worry about being bored, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You've got a lot of, um, uh, you've got a lot of collections and you have pattern palettes, I would say, that you seem to be drawn to as I look through your home. But every once in a while, people will stumble on something that, they, that they're really drawn to, but they, they don't get it because they're afraid it won't, quote unquote, go. 
So how do you deal with that? So I'm trying to think for myself, the animal print thing was, it wasn't intentional. Uh It just happened. It just like, I found one thing and then I I was attracted to another animal thing and another animal. And I was like, oh, I I, I like animal like motifs and animal statues and things. And and it wasn't, it was unconscious and they ended up turning into a collection. Um, But for people, my, my, my statement is, and always will be by what you love. So like, mm-hmm. if you can't figure out a place for it, it will, it will find a home. And mm-hmm. so it sounds crazy and it sounds like woo woo, like, oh yeah, just buy what you love. And, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it's never failed me. And so, and the example of the most recent thing I could, that most recent piece, but the most recent thing I could think of is there's, um, I always wanted to, there's things in my head that I'm like, oh, I'd love to find that one day. I, I can't remember all of them, but there was like yeah. a, a Tibetan, uh, anti-Tibetan hat. Right. Okay. And I was like, oh, one day, you know, yeah. And so I found I was at this antique store and they had a antique Tibetan hat. I purchased it. No clue what I was doing with it. Had right. no intentions for it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll frame it. You know, maybe I'll just lay it on top of some books, like whatever. <laughs> And uh, it'll find a home because I love it and it will find a home. And so one day I was just kind of like laying on the couch and I was like, hey, I have this like Indonesian doll. Um, Let me put it on. Let me see if it works on, on, you know, her head. And I put it on and it was perfect. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like my favorite moment now. (laughs) Like I had no clue what I was going to do with it. And look, and I didn't even know what I was going to do with the doll. So there's so many pieces like I just purchased because I love it. I don't have a home for them. And then a home, you know, appears like I'm able to, you know, have an idea. And I'm like, oh, I'll put that here and I'll put that there. And it kind of just unfolds. But that's the the beauty of taking your time and, you know, designing your home or, you know, curating your home over over a number of years. Yes. And and that that serendipitous quality, I think, of being a treasure hunter, you know, that you you. We all, I think we have things in our minds, like you just said, like we're kind of on the lookout for, but you're not in any hurry to get it. You know, it'll find you when it finds you. Um, but when you buy what you love, it, it really does add those layers of story to your home that just wouldn't be there if you keep passing on those things when you tell yourself, oh, but I don't know where I'd put it. Exactly. But, and, yeah. and, and so, you know, I always encourage like if I'm helping a client design a space, I always leave room. I don't want it to feel like, oh, you hired a designer and right. she bought all these things. Right, and right. so, and they have no connection to anything. And so she bought them at, you know. Yeah. It feels like it was done overnight. Yeah. You know, like it's a showroom. Yeah. yeah. And so I like to, and I don't, and so I don't have pictures of spaces that I've completed because I've never, they're never really completed. Um, Because I like to leave space for them to add, to travel, to find things, Mm -hmm. to add their own kind of pieces to it so they can tell a story. And I think those are the more beautiful spaces because over time, you know, I check back in. Oh, have you, you know, found art? Have you, you know, and they're like, oh, not yet, you know. And so, but I, I like it to evolve over time and that takes time to do. You can't just do that in, you know, six months and it's done and nobody's going to yeah. touch anything else. And so, um, yeah, I just feel like they feel more lived in. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is completely my philosophy as well. 
Um, and speaking of travel and adding things from travel, um, I, you had a really interesting answer to something uh, that I read somewhere, and I want you to share it here. So, you know, a lot of us want to travel, and there are places like bucket list places we haven't been yet. And so, you know, I used to be a real purist, like, well, I'm not going to put anything from that country because I've never been there. And so that would feel disingenuous to buy something. Uh, but I'm kind of coming around on that because I feel like they could those items could also inspire us to really commit to that trip, right? You know, so so how do we how do you keep your your items, your objects that you haven't collected from the source from looking kind of cheesy or you know not very authentic? Um, you know, how do you how do you still have this kind of global feel if if that's your thing when you haven't traveled to all those places. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same. I mean, I haven't traveled to all the places that are in my home, um, but yeah. Yeah. But it looks, it looks so, um, it doesn't matter to me when I look at your home. Like I, I, I you know, I assume you're well-traveled when I look at your home, but nothing looks to me like it's a, um, I don't know what the word is. It, like commercial, like yeah, it doesn't look like a tourist. It doesn't look like a souvenir. Let me put it that, yes. way, that way. So I, I shop estate sales. So I'm 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 shopping from people who have traveled, right? So they mm-hmm. they have traveled to these places. Because um, my collection of masks that I have are from a single collector that had traveled all over the continent of Africa, and so mm. he had. You know, he actually put the date of the mask uh, um, and the the origin of the mask on the back for me. You know, so some are from the 60s or 70s. um, And and so that is a collection. And I didn't go to these places, but he did. And so I was able to buy from a collector. But um, that is the beauty of, you know, estate sale shopping, you know, shopping auctions and that sort of thing, because you're able to typically get pieces that you couldn't get because you didn't travel to that place. You're saying go to get it from someone who has actually been there. I love that idea. Then you know it's real. And I think you stock a lot of those things in your shop, correct? I do. Um, I try. I get them from, like for my juju hats, I get them from a source in Mm -hmm. um, Cameroon. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I I try to buy from the source if if I'm carrying those things. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to jump in here for a second before we continue with the conversation and make sure you know about one of the ways I can help you out when it comes to your home. One of the frustrations I hear about the most is that feeling of overwhelm. You know, there are too many choices and so many different price points and how on earth do you pick a paint color that you're not going to get tired of? And then I hear the lament, you know, I don't even know what my style is. Well, I've got a way for you to figure that out without relying on or getting boxed into traditional style categories like farmhouse or Hollywood glam or boho. The problem with these categories is that they're driven by products, not by what we want to experience in our homes in a really personalized way, unique to our lives and situations. So I invite you to go to our website, littleyellowcouch.com, and download our free style guide. I call it the Style Mashup, and in it, you'll start to connect the dots between intangible feelings that you want to conjure up in your home and concrete design elements that will reflect those feelings and desires. 
Again, go to littleyellowcouch.com. There's a button right at the top on the homepage and click on it to download our free guide today. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Um, okay, I, I, I want to ask you more about your shop and this is more your personal story about your shop. Like, how? why did you start this? Why did you start selling did you kind of fall into it or did you always know you wanted to be a shop owner? Oh, I did not always know. So I originally started when we, you know, purchased our home and I was trying to decorate it and I wasn't finding the pieces that were speaking to me in these big box stores. So I was like, and I had my mom's pieces, but I wasn't into vintage at the time. I didn't really know how to, how I was going to incorporate them. So they were in store in the garage I'm looking out and I'm trying and I'm like I'm going to big box and I'm like this doesn't look like me so Mm. I would like bring the pieces home and I'm like they they would scream take me back because it would just did not flow and so Mm -hmm. it was a long time before I was able to start like finding pieces that felt like right and I started what I started doing is following design blogs in like 2009 Okay. And that is when I discovered um, some designers that were, uh, one particular, Dakin Robinson. Um, she's out of Atlanta and she was selling vintage furniture. She was upcycling it at the time, is what it was called. And um, and then she was selling on Etsy and One Kings Lane. I was like, oh my God, these are the kind of pieces I want to yeah. like have in my home. Like, where are these right. things? Like, oh, you mean I got to find vintage things? That's, you know, because that was what was speaking to me. And I was like, wow, she's doing this. This is really cool. Is this something that I could do? Because I was finding things, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I didn't, it didn't necessarily work in my home at the time, but I was like, I still love it. And so um, that kind of started the online version of of me wanting to do, uh, sell things. But the store part came in like, I think it was 2000, I don't know, um, later. And I can't remember, two thousand later, but um, we were in DC and we went into this store because I always liked going into stores, but uh, it was called Reincarnation and it was magical. And I walked into that store, my husband, I was like, I want a shop. Like, oh my gosh, it and just hit you. It just hit me really hard. And I was like, wow, this place is so cool. Like, I love the vibe. I loved all these little corners they had. It was well decorated. It was so cool. It's not there anymore, unfortunately. But um, wow, I, yeah, that walking in there made me want to shop. Yeah. Oh, that's so – and, and there, there's – a part of you that also really likes helping people because you eventually started taking on clients, as you've mentioned, to help them pull this stuff together. Because I think, I think what you said about, you know, your mom's stuff being in the garage because you didn't know. And I do think that skill of learning how to pull things together does take time. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that everybody just automatically knows how to do. Mm -hmm. It took, it took years. So I had to train my eye for years to find the things. And then once I did, I was able to see my mom's pieces in a different light and incorporate them into my home. We'll be back after a quick break. I assume you're here because you want a one of a kind personality filled home, right? Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. 
When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah, yeah. So be patient with yourself. Yeah. Um, so, in, in speaking of which, you've got one sectional sofa that is in your lounge area, which I love that you have a lounge that makes so much sense. You know, I don't remember what that room used to be. I, oh, I think it was your office. It was. It was. It was an office, and then it was just like a storage room for boxes. Yep. Yep. And then, but now your mom's sofa is in there. Her beautiful sectional. Yeah. It it actually happened like really quickly pulling that room together. So. I had a friend coming into town for like a week with her family. And so I was like, oh my God, I cannot have this room with boxes in here. It was a completely different color. Okay, I'm going to paint it black. And this was like in like 2012, maybe. I'm like, I'm going to paint this room black and I hope these pieces fit. I didn't measure. I was like, we're just going to, because my, my husband didn't make the other room an exercise room. And he's like, this furniture is in here. I want this to be an exercise room. We got to get this furniture out. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. 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 And it had been years since it's, it's been in there for years. And so I was like, okay, I really have to do something with it. And it fit in there just perfectly. Like it was meant for that space. And so it, it was like over three days that I pulled that room together. Oh my God. Well, I love, we all have those moments though of, of motivation because yes. someone's coming, right? I, that's a, that's a great motivator. So, and, and I just want to say like the sectional is now you have it split apart into three pieces with little end tables in between. So, you know, I just love how you have it spread apart. Most people put a sectional and keep it together and it it's just so cozy. And then the tables make a lot of sense. Um, and, well, it and, wouldn't fit. It couldn't fit in there the other way. See, it's problem solving on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, So let's talk about the the color of that room, which is black, which I I really love dark colors, um, but I especially like it in this room. What what was the feeling you were going for that made you want to choose black? Well, I always wanted to paint paint a room black. And I could hear people in my head or like say, oh, this, this room is too small to be black. Mm-hmm, exactly. People say that all the time. And I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, I knew immediately I wanted it to be black um, uh-huh. because I wanted it to feel like moody and cozy. Yeah. 
and like a you know like a vibe and i'm like well i have this big window the walls are white i mean the ceiling's white and the carpet is light so it'll balance all the darkness so i, yes. I wasn't afraid to, to paint it white and and it has french doors so it's not like it's enclosed yeah it's a great room for that and it it is so cozy and i think because of all of the layers of you have so many different materials going on and and different um, textures that it just it feels very um, elegant to me thank you yeah yeah all right now I have another question for you as you know if you're putting on your your designer hat and you're working with a client as opposed to yourself because you are a this gorgeous maximalist and I assume you attract a lot of maximalists to your shop and your work but what do you say to a client who is really more minimalist? How do they incorporate these layers that you have and still keep it from feeling, you know, too much? So I had one client that was a true max, a minimalist. And so instead of like, I mean, when I say minimalist, I mean, she didn't want anything on the coffee table. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are people that, I mean, I'm not one of them, but there are plenty of people who really they do not feel comfortable with stuff around. We played up color. What did, what color do I think we, I had an armchair that we did that was like in a kind of tangerine color and we had mm. really dark blue walls mm. and then we had a really light um, sofa and wood tones, like dark floors. And then, mm. uh, like a mid-century coffee table. She was really in the mid-century. And so mm-hmm. we played with saturation of color. That. So that it still felt interesting and dynamic, but it didn't have, you know, all the layers of other... I mean, like, we had no throw pillows. I mean, like, it was just... Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we played with color. That's so cool. And, and I think that's a good thing for, for those of you listening who really don't like a lot of stuff. You know, you don't want all of the the dusting that is involved when you've got all your all these big huge collections everywhere that you can still be interesting and have that color i love that B- beauty and story and all that is clearly history all very important to you um from what you sell and also what your home looks like in your if how would you answer the question why does style matter well some of it I guess some of it, to some people, some of it doesn't matter. But if you surround yourself with pieces that you love and that you might have some kind of connection to, whether it's through travel or through a family memory, mm-hmm. it kind of evokes um, a, a emotion of happiness or like, you know, a good memory. You know, like my grandmother's piece in my office my home office I'm like I love seeing it I remember uh, sitting around the table for Christmas eating dinner so I have these mm. me- images of them feeling like they're still with me because I have these pieces in my home and then the pieces that I've you know collected over the years I, I can for the most part my memory's getting a little bad but I can tell you where I got it from and yeah. I can be like oh I picked that up at this little market you know t- you know in South Carolina and it's no longer there, uh, you know, or I got this at a consignment shop, you know, so it ha- I can tell you a story about right. most of the pieces. Um, there's no real story, you know, if you just, oh, I went to Ashley Furniture and, and I got this <laughs> and no, no shade against Ashley Furniture. I mean, but it's like, it's just, you bought it, you know, at a big box store, which is fine. Yeah. But like the objects, the small things, the coffee table books. So when 
I had a client that traveled all seven continents. Well, six. They didn't go to Antarctica. And she really didn't have any art. She had a few pieces, but I'm like, she didn't have art or objects. So where's your, where's your stuff from travel? And she was like, I don't, I just have this picture. And I was like, you've been to seven, I mean, six continents and you have nothing. I was like, we are not going to home goods to buy things that look like they came from somewhere when you've been to the place. Like you have to be more thoughtful when you're traveling. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I berated her. I just, I was just, I could not understand. I was like, what did you bring back other than photos? Like, did you right. like, what do you have t-shirts or something? Like, I'm like, what did you pack? And like, where are these things that say that you've traveled these places? Like yeah. you should have memories up from where yes. you've been and so it, it didn't even dawn on her and so I was oh. like okay because I'm not going I mean she had these pieces that were from Garden Ridge or I think it's called at home now so at home and and you know just big box store stuff and right, right. you know metal art and nothing against metal art but no <laughs> not if you traveled <laughs> six continents I can't put that in your on your walls and and so I said, no, you need some original art. You, you got to make some investment. Like we, we're not doing, we're not just, yeah, no, we're yeah. not doing this. And so she, I said, next time you go somewhere, I need you to roll up art and take it with you or find out how you can take it back. Um, you know, buy fabric. We can have pillows made, you know, like mm-hmm. just be right. thoughtful about the things that you bring back, not like shot glasses or like <laughs> t-shirts, t-shirts or keychains yep. or you know, I don't know, you know, trinkets. I said, you know, if you find some, you know, napkins or, you know, plate, you know, table, what's it called? Tablecloth. Like, just look at things that you can use every day so that you can evoke this memory of this trip. She needed to learn that her travel story was connected to her home. Like, right. It's like, it's like her home was completely separated and compartmentalized from her actual life experience. Exactly. One last thing I want to say is that your home um, is a relatively newish build, you know, just very standard and kind of contractor. It does not look like it. I mean, you, if anybody is living in that kind of a home and they're like, I don't want to live in this kind of home, you got to check out these photos because it is so thoughtfully detailed and it's got soul and it's got layers and um, you're, you're, oh, oh, and one last thing I also want to ask you about. There is, okay, most people hang a wreath on their front door. Not you. <laughs> Tell us about what's hanging on your door. Talk about a statement. Like, I see your front door. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to know who lives in this house because she's probably really, <laughs> really interesting. Yeah, people do hang wreaths. It's funny because I was walking my dog and I'm walking the neighborhood. I'm like, yeah, it's like heart wreaths and, you know, lucky clover right. wreaths. And I'm like, I'm never doing that. Um, and and uh, so I, on the front door, I have a paper mache vintage i think it's from is it opera or yeah like an opera opera mask yeah Uh and uh i had a set of three of those and i always really love and i and they were for sale in my shop and so but i really like that one that's on my on my door and so i kept that one oh my god it people it is huge it's huge it's this big huge mask it is so cool and it's light enough that it can be there and my porch is covered so it doesn't affect the elements or anything and so it's funny to because my 
our home office is like on the front of the house. And so it's funny to watch people walk by and like look at it like, hmm, that's interesting. I see their faces all the time and I kind of chuckle right. to myself. I never see that anything like that. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been so much fun to talk with you. And I would love to get down to your shop at some point in Charlotte. Um, it just, uh, it's so inspirational. So thank you for your time today. Thank you. I enjoyed it too. It was fun. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for more info on this episode, things like photos, links, my own takeaways from the conversation, I'm happy to say that we've just given our website a refresh. When you go to littleyellowcouch.com, click on podcast at the top, and then just click on an episode and you'll see the show notes page with all of that extra stuff. And while you're at littleyellowcouch.com, you can also learn more about my slow style philosophy when it comes to decorating. You can take a tour of my home, get info about our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, and of course, download the free style guide so you can get started working on your dream home today. Okay, that's all for now. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.